Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. The next question, I've been married for over 30 years, and the second D-Day was almost a year ago. Previous D-Day was nine years before that. This time, my husband is going through the 12-step program, and I believe he finally gets it. In his own words, uh, in his own words, to describe his addiction as nothing less than insanity. He's getting it. We are sleeping in separate bedrooms, and the thought of him seeing me without clothes on gives me great anxiety. Um, I'm sorry. Um, by the way, he has also been reading out of the doghouse book and is amazed by how much it hits home. Going back to the join the work group for that particular one, but I, but yeah, I'm so sorry that it's, I mean, it's traumatizing for you to even consider him seeing you that way and vulnerable. So, well, I think that is trauma. You know, the mm -hmm. idea that, oh, this person looked at so many other people and ugh, now they're looking at me and I feel like I've been slimed or I feel like, you know, you don't feel, if you don't feel safe for this person, especially if you've had some issues in the past about betrayal or I can imagine it's going to send a shiver up your spine when you think, oh, they're going to want to be sexual with me or they're going to want to even get close to me. I do think that that might be something to work on a little bit with other people in your recovery. I, I want to, I would want you to be talking to other I don't know your gender. Oh, it's probably spouse. I know we don't know. And his, we actually don't know, but, um, let's assume female I, just for the sake of, okay. um, yeah, because um, I, I think, I think this so. is a really good thing to take to couples therapy, to, um, to other spouses and say, are you, I bet if we did a little poll, there'd be a number of spouses who said, I right said right here. Now I don't feel comfortable when I I'm coming out of the shower and he walks in. I just don't, I don't feel comfortable after everything has happened. I don't think you're alone. I do encourage you to dig in with other people who can understand this and have been through this, whether the free groups or, you know, we, Tammy can direct you. By the way, that is T-A-M-I at seekingintegrity.com. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and the reason I give Tammy's information is because some of you are looking for therapists. Some of you are looking for some of the workshops. Some of you, you know, Tammy is uh, not, does not want to take a lot of phone calls because she will never get off the phone, but she's really into email and yeah. she will respond well, to everyone it, and everything. That said, you know, the, on our website, it says if you're calling for treatment. So those that are calling and, and really inquiring about our residential treatment program, you know, I'm happy to, I bet that's a bigger commitment. I'm happy to answer any questions about well, Tammy, that's that. how you so, get paid. That's Everything how we all we get paid. Away for that's free. We give, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's not, but, but I'm going to qualify that even with that. There are people that aren't a fit for our program. We, we turn people away. It is not just about filling beds. We want, we're seeking integrity. I value that. We are seeking it personally. We want to help the clients seek that. We, we do not, you know, we are not just about filling beds. We are, if we can help you, we want to help you. If we're not well, the right fit, you know, then we want to help you find the right fit. So, and you know, I, uh, I'm not very good at this part, but I will say this, you know, um, one of the reasons we're able to give away our time and podcasts and get these people to volunteer for us and set up all these websites and all of that. And is because we teach classes and we run treatment and that allows us to make a salary, make a living and also do all of the other stuff we do for free. So when you hear us talking about work groups in the treatment center, you know, we're not, 
really trying to sell you anything. We more, I think it's more about resources. We want to make you aware. I, absolutely. Yeah. Like the, you can't do this on your own. And for those, and we hear this, you know, he, he thinks he can do it on his own. He won't succeed. And you poor betrayed partner, I'm sorry, you know, and, and you shouldn't have to struggle on your own. Like there are resources, tons of free stuff, low cost. A six-week work group is $350 for 90 minutes every week, live facilitated. That's a fantastic value to get a foundation of psychoeducation that you're not going to get, you know, in your therapist's office. And therapists probably charge more than the 60 bucks-ish that, you know, that that is. It's great information and support. But when we hear, uh, and we do, we hear all the time, life-changing from the clients who have been with us. We got a great email and I'll, I can't, I won't get it right, um, but, it, but we got an email from a partner. She said, it was along these lines. It was like, I don't know what you did with the guy that I sent, but you can keep him. I love this guy that I like this. The guy that you sent back. The one that came great. back. Yeah, is great. But you can keep the other one. And I was like, I mean, it was a humorous take, but, it, but it's profound. That's, that's what we're working to do is provide people with an opportunity to do life differently. The person that um, mentioned, I've been doing this for decades, you know, we all did, you know, until we got help and qualified help to be able to not keep doing the same insane thing. So, so there is help, but, and people keep putting things. If you put a question in the chat, we're not going to answer it. If you put it in the Q and A, we will do our best. I think we're going to run out of time, but we'll try. So, okay. Next question. Can you speak to whether or not there's a physiological need for a man to have sex to ejaculate mm -hmm. semen? I'm a betrayed partner. My husband says celibacy isn't normal and as an excuse to watch porn since we don't have a physical relationship. This is one of those BS. Well, here's a good one. Uh, tell your husband that um, you spoke with someone who has a PhD in clinical sexology. I spent almost five years studying what is sex? What is it about? How do the parts work? Trans, you know, all those issues. So I can say with clarity that um, we have, men have this thing called nocturnal emissions. When you're uh, a 15 year old or 13 year old, you may have a nocturnal emission and not even know what that is. In other words, we will ejaculate in our sleep the body takes care of itself. So if something, uh, if the body had a need to refresh itself or release semen or whatever, it would happen. It would happen during his sleep. His body will take care of itself. So does he, is celibacy not normal? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think there are many people that they just had a baby, they take time out, someone passed away. There are times when we just stop or don't feel like being sexual. Um, is that, not normal. Um, sometimes I say I had a really bad relationship and I don't want to be sexual for a while because it, uh, it brings back memories or I'm not ready or why would that not be normal? Um, what does normal even have to do with it? The question is, is celibacy, sorry, is celibacy healthy for some people? And there's nothing unhealthy about it. Um, I'd be more concerned about your husband's desire to tell you how important it is that he wants porn. Um, I've said to many men, it's not going to fall off. It's not even, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to be in pain. You're, it's not going to back up like a drain. <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, your body will take care of itself. But that was funny, Tammy. Yeah, I yeah, that. But yeah, that is totally one of those where, yeah, he's lying to himself and you. So don't believe him. 
Glad you're here. Okay. Um, next question. I am a sex addict and have been celibate since last August, but three weeks ago, my wife asked for a divorce following my formal therapeutic disclosure. In the last week, I have started to masturbate and watch videos, not porn, about women dancing. That's still problematic. I feel I can ruin all my hard work of the last 12 months in a flash. I want to stay in my recovery as a single man until I can control my addiction better. I know I will be in recovery the rest of my life. Any recommendations to move forward and how to meet my healthy needs? Well, if I were Tammy, I would say I don't see anything about 12-step programs. I don't see anything about groups. Yep. I don't see anything about therapy. Is that what Tammy would say? Well, I was, so, so first of all, um, if you figure out how to control your uh, addiction, please write to me because make a lot of money. I, yeah, like yeah, that, like that would be very unique. Um, I, I have no control over my addiction. I have control over my recovery. So um, that's really how I see it. And I'm really sorry that you chose uh, clearly, you know, behavior that's problematic, but also. Um, I feel, I hear some shame in there that I've ruined things, you know, while well, today's a new day, you, you, you can choose differently. You're here. Good. But yeah, like leaning into, you know, there's 12 step, like you could be on a 12 step meeting, you know, 24 seven. I don't recommend that, but you know, a, a, rather than doing that, we had a guy that said, every time I feel like relapsing, I listen to one of your podcasts. I was like, great, you know, watch one of these videos. I trust me, that won't be, um, that that's anyway i won't go there there's other choices but you have you can start today you cannot do those same behaviors as of today and then the next day you do the same thing you just don't do that and then you lean into the recovery resources rather than using your wife is divorcing you and i we all have life crap pardon my language but we all have life crap you know some of it's worse than others you know, recovery is how we learn to do life differently, not because all of a sudden it got magically better, but we learn to have tools and support to do life differently. So shit happens. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to actually say something about this. Um, Please. So uh, over the years, I've learned something um, which might be Good. useful for you. <laughs> <laughs> not for you. Um I'm sorry. I used to think I wanted to act out and, and that was it. I went and acted out. And then I used to think, oh, I got to call somebody. I got to do something. And then I would do that, you know, in the different stages of recovery. First, I just did it. Then I started asking for help. But now I understand. And I think this is the most important piece. Not that I don't do something about it, but my acting out is just like a pull on my sleeve that says I'm needful or I'm lonely or we, it's like having an inner child, that concept. It's like the kid is saying, pay attention to me or do something for me, or I'm scared because my, you know, this person I've lived with is going away. And it's like, and I've said this before, it's like, we say to that kid, shut up. I don't have time for you. And we go and act out because that's the emotional part of ourselves that we don't want to have to deal with. So if you are struggling, you need more people around. It says you're, it means you're lonely. It means you're, you know, there's, there's a reason why you said my wife wanted a divorce. And then I started back with my behavior. I don't think that's very hard to re to look at the connection with. You're having a lot of feelings about it. Who, who are you sharing them with? Whose support do you have? Who are you crying with? Who is encouraging you to move forward and how you're going to move forward? You know, um, I think all of that. And maybe I wouldn't be, by the way, I, it's interesting because again, we don't know about 12-step programs. I really hope you're in one because what you said was, Last week, I've started to master and watch videos, not porn, about a woman, about a woman dancing. 
I feel I can ruin, I ruin, can ruin all my hard work. You shouldn't be making those decisions. You should have a sponsor to go to and say, I looked at this. What does this mean? Where do I need to take it? How can I stay out of trouble? You shouldn't have to be worried about if you at ruining or not ruining, or that's not your uh, what are, that's none of your business. <laughs> that's why we have people around us to tell us, you know, you're really struggling with that. I think you're doing fine. Or, you know, by the way, you're not looking at hardcore porn every night for three hours. You, you, let me say, say, well, I'll say one more thing, Tammy. Um, I used to work at a very expensive treatment center. I worked at lots of treatment centers and, um, and I used to say to the owner, I said, you know, how can you, how can you charge this much money for treatment? I mean, because a lot of people leave and they go back to their using and all that. And he said, well, you know what? Treatment doesn't always stop people from using, but every time they go, if they have to go more than once, they use less. They know more and they know more and they're less likely to use the research says, you know, they drank this much. Now they're maybe drinking less because they're still drinking and they're still a drunk, but they're not doing what they were doing before. And this is especially true for us. So think about where you were before and now you're watching some videos about women dancing. I'm not saying that's a good idea for you, but it's a whole lot better than where you were. Now put a foundation under it so that you don't slip down further. Um, and by the way, the single man thing just makes me think someone's thinking about dating. Someone's thinking, there's something about being a single man that struck me. And I thought, you are not ready. Don't even think about it. You know, you're struggling both emotionally and with your recovery, you're not grounded um, and you're probably longing for connection and you're probably missing her. Um, this is not the time to date anybody. Um, just want to put that out there. Tammy, you felt that vibe too? Yes. No, I agree with that. Cause yeah, I was like three weeks. Okay. I should be watching, you know, and, and here's the other thing. I felt the lonely of like, I'm watching a video about a woman dancing. Like I, that's sad to me. And, and you could be so what I learned early in recovery is instead of focusing on me, be of service to others. How can I be of service to someone else? How can I be helpful? And when I got out of myself, it, I was in a much better place. So, so I would invite you to think about how can you positively impact someone else's life? I, but also like the grieving is real. Grieving is real. So, you know, uh, Sophia Cottle has on in the rooms, she's got um, some grief uh, groups free on in the rooms.com. Um, but she also did a podcast with Dr. Rob on, on sex and relationship healing.com under the podcast, you'll find a podcast about um, grief. It's, it's real. It's a process. And then one more, and it was for betrayed partners, but I think you would still find it really useful was there's a, there's a two, a series of two grieving um, webinars that Debbie McRae did recently, just in the last month or so on sex and relationship healing.com. You'll find those under the resource tab and previously recorded. And yes, you can email me, Tammy, T-A-M-I at Seeking Integrity. Ask me specifically what you're looking for. Don't say you said something on the webinar last night. I'll go, I don't remember. So, but, um, but it's a process and just understand that it's a process and there are stages and it's okay. It is survivable um, and thrivable. You know, we can learn to do things differently. We, we can be, we can be in a very different place. So I would invite you to step into and lean into recovery and your recovery resources. So, and I want to add that you can't ruin all the hard work the last 12 months, not in a flash, not ever, because whatever work you did, it's a healing part of you and you grew. 
So, you know, even if you give the whole thing up today, you're still a better person than you were when you started. So you don't ruin anything. You may stumble, you may fall in a hole once in a while, but, but we don't ruin things. We just get back up and go back to work. So the next question is, how can I bring up the subject of sex addiction with my spouse? So if somebody mm. is completely in the dark and they haven't had discovery, how do you, how do you even talk about it? Boy, you know what I would love, Tammy, and this is the one of the few times I'm going to do this. For you spouses who are here, I would love, not all of you, but a couple of you to write in the chat and say, if I had the choice of hearing this from my spouse, this is how I would have wanted to hear it, or this is what I wanted him or her to do. This person is saying, as Tammy, or we're going to interpret it like this, that these people are married. And he is a heterosexual couple. And he is saying, I know I'm a sex addict. I know I have these issues. My wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, they don't know anything. Um, how do I begin to talk about it with them? And so what I'm asking you folks is to jump in the chat and say, if you were with someone and you knew nothing about what they were doing, what would you want them to say to you? How would you want them to approach you? Because I would love to hear some of that feedback. I can make stuff up, but... Um, I'd love to hear how you think of that. And if you had not found it, but someone loving had come to you and, and helped you understand it, um, what would they have said? Where would they have done it? You know, my first response to this is uh, go see a therapist who knows what they're doing, because what I don't want to see is you going to your spouse and throwing up all over them, you know, and that, by the way, I can tell you what to not do. Don't sit down with your spouse one night and say, I have a few things to tell you, and then just, you know, tell them even half of what you know, because what support do they have? Who are they going to call? Where's their therapist? You just, you know, as nice as it would be to get it off our shoulders. And by the way, some of us addicts, I've had one guy say, you know, I don't understand. My wife kept asking me what was going on, and I finally told her. And she didn't seem particularly happy that I told her. That's how narcissistic he was. He wasn't thinking of how it would actually make her feel. So I love that you're asking this questions. Ooh, here's an answer. We've gotten some, said. yeah. I would love Good. to hear about it in the presence of a therapist instead of discovering it. The next one was, tell me you need to talk to me about something serious, what you're dealing with and how you are planning or and how you're planning to do about it. So what you're planning to do, but mm -hmm. I would have liked it if he had already started therapy and then invited me to a session and told me he was struggling with, I would have loved it if my husband had sat down, looked me in the eye and shared what was going on to me, what he was doing to get well and commit to change and recovery, the need to explain what sex addiction is. So uh, that those are, thank, that was a great idea, Dr. Rob. That was thank you all for taking a moment and sharing, you know, with us too. And but what I hear the consistent piece is the honesty and have a supportive environment, not just you know you're here. Never do this in the car when someone is trapped. I hear about that too, where they're the passenger uh, in the car and they're stuck. You know, like oh, so. don't do it on vacation either. Just a oh, suggestion. that's a good one too. Yeah. But I did hear two themes in there that I wanted to mm -hmm. mention. One of them was do it with a therapist. Mm -hmm. was, I heard that. I also heard really clearly have a plan. Like I don't just want to hear about the problem. I want to hear what you're going to do about it. And I think that is a. I haven't actually thought about that before. But of course, you know, it's gonna. I'm gonna hate what you're telling me, but it, it will give me some hope and some relief to know that you've looked into it. You've learned about it. I have to tell you guys, you know, Tammy knows, well, Tammy knows this, she sets them up. I do these consultations 
I see people for about two hours. I work with couples and try to help them really figure out what are your next steps and how to go forward. And, um, you know, inevitably this question comes up. Oh, I hate being older and forgetting things. Um, you know, I lost my question. Hold on a second. How do uh, I bring up the subject of sex addiction to my spouse? That was what we're yeah, talking um, about. I'll have to go back to that. I wrote some, some of you at the couples consultations. It will come back to me. Um, yeah, give me, let's go forward. And I, I wouldn't back. do that one. I, I don't think I would say, I need you to come on an expert consultation with Dr. Rob Weiss. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. So when I do expert consultations and I sit down in front of a couple, you know, and it's usually the guy's been acting out. Uh, Tammy, you haven't heard that. I love this. I say to him, have you been working on this? Oh yes, I've been working on this. Um, what have you been doing? I've been doing this and that and the other thing. And, you know, I'm really committed to change, he'll say. And then I say to his wife, who found out about me? Oh, well, I did, the spouse says. Well, have you, has either of you listened to the podcast? The spouse says, yeah, actually, I've listened to a bunch of them. I made him, you know, uh, uh, listen to some. Have you read any of the books? The spouse says, well, I bought some books and I gave them to him. And then my favorite one is who made the appointment for this consultation? And guess what? It's the spouse. So, you know, if you want to look, make a plan and give your spouse support for having a plan out of your problem, um, don't make them look things up, find things, get online, you know, do it yourself. Um, so you can go to them and say, this is the groups I'm going to. These are the meetings. I'm Give them some sense that it's meaningful to you. And you're not just accommodating them and expect them to do all the work because that makes them crazy. Um, so we got more go clarification. That was a great answer. But the question, I, we, I interpreted the question incorrectly. This is actually from a partner. I'm a gay man in a marriage. I discovered my spouse was cheating and fits 90% of the SA addiction profile. He doesn't realize he's an addict. How do I talk to him about it in counseling? So I wrote a book called Cruise Control, Understanding Gay Men and sex addiction. No, understanding sex addiction in gay men. I think I'm the only person who has written, and it's been revised. I am the only person that I know of, or it's the only book that I know of, Tammy, you can take a look and find out, for I gay men who true. are sex yeah. addicts. Um, buy the book, give him the book, tell him that you really have some thoughts about the relationship, and you've been reading this, and it would be, it would be, it, it, uh, I'm trying to look for the right words. It would be, because um, I want to say not nice or not like like it's essential for our relationship that you should take some time and read this mm -hmm. um i would make it really important but i think you know when when you read that book it's very clear what a problem is and what a problem isn't and in the gay community because there's so much more um casual sex it's kind of like being an alcoholic in a bar you know everybody's drinking so you don't know if you were drunk um i wrote the book to differentiate what healthy gay life might be uh, as opposed to someone who's a sex addict in that world so give it to him throw it at him well and yeah. this would be one of those where then i do recommend um an expert consultation with dr rob like the, when you flip it the other way this is actually where it's super handy to have dr rob listening to the issues and um helping identify what's helping to identify the issues and guiding next steps, you know, and I think he can bring a level of awareness to people of, you know, like, it sounds like a problematic behavior. 
intimacy disorder, however it comes around. So uh, consider it's a two hour, one time expert consultation. You can reach out to me at Tammy, T-A-M-I at seekingintegrity.com. I can give you more information, but that can be really helpful in um, having some clarity. Don't clarity. you think that, Rob? Yeah. Okay. Well, you've, you know, I, I really do think that experience is a tremendous gift. And I learned early in life, assessment is my best skill. What does mom look like? What does mom need? You know, I learned really early. And I think having, well, I know that having that objectivity, people have really, well, you've heard them. They say that they have clarity that they've never had before. Yeah. And that's, that is a gift for from me to feel good about what, what, life has taught me to give. So yeah, I like doing the consultation. I have used um, that discernment in identifying these issues is among your superpowers. So discernment. Yeah, no, I really do. I I believe that, you know, and given the information and hearing from both people, I think it's, I think you excel at that. So among other things. Yeah. Okay. So next question, how do you know when to start believing the addict about their dedication to not acting out? How do you know when you can begin to trust again? I don't want to have a poly, um, have to have her polygraph her or search through her phone and accounts. I don't want to live like that. If she wants to lie, she'll just get better at it over time. If she's got, gets a sponsor, she'll lie uh, to them if she needs to. When I caught her cheating the second time, she was lying to everyone, including her best friend and her therapist in order to justify her behaviors. How does one know when the truth is the truth with someone who is just um, has a pattern of lying. Great question and the challenge for all partners. And I really appreciate that um, that this is not a heterosexual couple dealing with this. I really appreciate that because everybody struggles with these issues. So Tammy, this is probably the fear of every spouse, the concern of every spouse, everyone here, whatever your orientation or interest is. What do you where do you start? Because everyone asks Tammy this question when they call. Yeah, and, well, and, and um, how do you know when you can start trusting again? And it, I, I think the actions, actions and attitude really start to shift. And yes, someone truly dedicated to their addiction can just get sneakier at it. Um, but, but, but I, you know, I, I think trust your gut, get support, you know, and. And if you start seeing someone showing up differently, like they're, they're starting their actions, it's really all about their actions. It's, and it's not just checking off, you know, um, going to your 12 step, going to your therapist. And yes, we, um, I think the record right now that I have is 11 years of lying to a therapist, 11 years of going to a therapist. What's the point, you know, um, but trust your gut that if this person is, if you feel like, oh, I think they're still, you know, cheating and sneaking, I, I would believe that if you start seeing them show up in real and meaningful ways, you know, start trusting in little bits, you'll never trust the same as when you naively thought that this person completely had your back. I think doing the Thanos che- the check-in that I um, uh, posted in the chat earlier, I think that's a good good start, you know, checking in and seeing what's going on. Dr. Rob talked about the acting out, you know, it's really more a signal of, am I lonely? Am I, you know, am I hurting, you know, in some other way? So um, a person in recovery, you know, I think, I think, you know, and people that have been in recovery, and then they start to slip, their partners will go, I noticed a difference. And, 
And so I, I, I think, I think, you know, on some level, whether your heart and your head actually can align and believe it is another thing. So. Well, um, Tammy, you know, I really always appreciate your counsel. And this is a tough question because it's a painful question. The first thing I have to say that occurred to me is, you know, you can start believing them when they stop talking about how great they're doing. You know, when you say, how do you know to start believing the addict about how dedicated they are? I just think, I don't think they should be telling you that. They should be showing you that. If I say to you, oh, I'm doing so great in my program. You know, I did this and I did that. I would feel like, why, what did you need to tell me all that? You know, why don't you just, it's like, I just want to know what the plan is. You know, I don't want to hear how well you're doing, how great you're trying, or I don't want to validate. By the way, it's not your job, should this person be seeking validation from you, to validate them. They hurt you. So if they're coming around saying, well, I've been going from doing this for three months and six months of that, and I've got a new sponsor, you know, not your job to cheer for them. They hurt you. Maybe it's other people's jobs to cheer for them. I don't hear in this um, what you're doing for yourself. I hear a focus on what if she does this and what if she does that and how do I handle this and can I trust that? And if she's going to lie to the sponsor and you've put a lot of thought and you've had a lot of crappy experience in what this person does or doesn't do and how they do it. I wish, I would love to see you writing at least half of this as because I don't trust, I'm not sure. I've been going to this group. I've been seeing a therapist. I've been making sure to get my head straight. I've been putting less focus on what they are and what they're not doing and more focus on my having fun in the world and getting away from this as a focus of my life. And I mean this with all due respect. I think that this is, to me, this reads like someone who's fairly early in the process and has not had enough guidance. It makes me sad to think, I guess I was trying to think about what makes me sad about it. It feels hopeless. Like, what's the point? They're going to keep lying anyway. And, you know, if you feel that way, I think you should notice that you feel that way. Tammy's saying about trust your gut. I was think I wrote down, I think some of you have heard me say I had, I was running group therapy once and I had someone in group who said, someone in the group was saying, you know, I don't know whether to do this or not. And I keep driving myself crazy. Should I, shouldn't I, should I? And this wonderful person who is in my group said, you know, when I'm just going to go do something and I don't, you know, I just do it. You know, I go to do my laundry, I go do it. Going to the store, I just go buy. But when I find myself saying, I wonder if I should do that or not, something is there that I need to pay attention to. And often it's the wrong decision. So when you are asking this question, and because you're asking us this question, I think you already know that you don't feel safe and you're not entirely trusting. And, um, and I don't hear that there's a therapist involved in this situation for you. Um, if she wants to lie, she gets a sponsor, she'll just lie to them. If she needs to, when I caught her, she was lying, her therapist, her best friend. Do you hear the pattern here? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying what I want to hear is me, my, I, and, and my support. Um, and then you will have the answers to your questions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.